appear of four lanky blokes having a bludge at the front of Moody's pub. There's not a skerrick of fat amongst them. Life in the arid Australian bush seems to have rendered them pure sinew. Drysdale has presented this bunch of likely lads with a good dash of humour. They're quite charismatic figures, each dapperly dressed and adopting a striking pose from the repertoire of the Australian bush cowboy. The tall timber of their legs make their feet seem like ridiculous clodhoppers and their bodies are all angles. In fact, they seem less human and more a collection of triangles. It feels as if you, the viewer, are approaching the little group and soon you may be greeted with a How you going? or a G'day said through a closed mouth, of course, all the better for keeping the flies out. This scene is based on the Royal Hotel in the regional Victorian town of Seymour. At the time, Drysdale was living in nearby Albury, where he was working as an overseer on a family property. Drysdale was always deeply connected to rural Australia. Later, he was to travel far and wide across the country, taking photographs and making sketches of small towns and bush landscapes. His art practice was a way for him to understand and to imaginatively respond to rural Australia. He was fascinated by Australia's ancient history, which he described as magnificent in dimensions old as time, strange and compelling. However, he was equally as fascinated by Australia's modern identity. In this text, written by Drysdale, we get a sense of the colourful places and faces that so intrigued him as he travelled throughout the outback, or the up top. He saw an Australia filled with the wild man and the overlander, homesteaders and settlers, cattle kings and drovers, miners and policemen, the storekeeper and the artisan, the publican and the poet, campfires and townships, cattle runs and mining booms, Cadillacs and camels, flying doctors and brolgers, corroborees and cinemas, the tucker box and the deep freeze, there was room for them all. Drysdale's steady gaze took in the full breadth of Australian life. The white settler community, the indigenous, the migrants, and everything in between. There was indeed room for them all, and he endeavoured to represent the full complexities of Australia. Importantly, he also understood his position as an in-between one saying, I know that I can never look at Europe like a European, and as a painter, never really be other than a half-caste. This half-caste status was essential to his understanding of Australia. Drysdale had received a solid schooling in painting. His style draws from a European pictorial tradition, but his images are populated with a cast of distinctly Australian people and places. Robert Hughes nicely summed up this combination by saying, To imagine a typical Drysdale, think of a piece of Arcady published by a disciple of Claude, with the thermostat turned up to 106 degrees. Drysdale's work also incorporates realist, expressionist and surrealist tendencies, and you can see his interest in the elongated figures of Modigliani and the structured landscapes of Cezanne. Moody's pub incorporates the characteristic Drysdale palette of ochres, browns and reds. Indeed, Drysdale helped to initiate a relatively new colour scheme for Australian art, based on a greater use of red. 
He dismissed the blues, yellows and gold, which were overused by the many artists churning out pretty pastoral images of the Australian landscape. Drysdale also dismissed the revered Australian Impressionist tradition of painting outdoors, preferring to work in the studio, using his sketches and photographs as source material. His images depict both a documentary but also highly imaginative response to Australia. And in many ways, it was a new vision of Australia. Writing in the 1960s, Robert Hughes credited Drysdale for presenting a real alternative to pastoral landscape. It is no exaggeration to say that between 1940 and 1947, Drysdale made it possible for other painters to react freshly to their environment by showing them new relationships with it. With Nolan, he pulled Australian landscape from the limbo of fleece and gum tree in which it had lain stiffening for 30 years. Interestingly, as a young man, Drysdale seemed destined for a career on the land. He was from a farming family. However, a curious sequence of events set him on the path to being an artist. He was in a hospital, recovering from an eye operation, when his doctor, an amateur artist himself, saw the sketches Drysdale was making and was greatly impressed. The doctor showed the sketches to his friend, the artist Darrell Lindsay, and then, as Drysdale himself said, well, it had certainly never occurred to me, but I liked Lindsay because he had the same sort of life that I had. He had been a jackaroo and a station manager, and we could talk about horses and sheep, really the only thing I had in my world. I thought about this. I thought I might try art, and he introduced me to George Bell. Later, Darrell Lindsay was appointed director of the National Gallery of Victoria, and he acquired Moody's Pub for the gallery the first Drysdale to be added to the collection. Lindsay had terrible trouble getting the trustees to agree to the purchase, but finally he stated an ultimatum. If the trustees would not buy it, Lindsay would buy it himself. Their shared country background was always a bond between them. At an arts function, Lindsay once quipped to Drysdale, You know, you and I are the only blokes here who would be able to cope with a mob of bullocks. Throughout his life, Drysdale enjoyed huge popular appeal. His imagery struck a chord with much of the Australian populace and he helped to define a particular sense of national identity. This is encapsulated in Sidney Nolan's statement that In the only sense that matters, Drysdale is the most genuinely Australian of us all. Around the time Moody's pub was painted, Australia was experiencing significant challenges. The Great Depression was of not-too-distant memory, and Australians were embroiled in the horrors of World War II. It was a time of anxiety and fear. Drysdale perceived all of this, and his paintings offer a kind of social commentary. Alongside the laconic humour, his images depict a complex version of Australia. There's an interesting tension in many of Drysdale's works. There is both a sense of belonging of deep connection to the land, but also a sense of displacement or unease. In Moody's pub, for instance, the shadows are a bit too shadowy. Something ominous lurks in the sky, and the gang of figures border on menacing. Drysdale was endlessly compelled by Australia. Later in his life, he said, Most of the paintings I've done have been about subjects in the country, 
and figures and landscape, but that is simply because I spend a great deal of my time there. It is an environment which I love and which I like to go back to, and for me, it has a tremendous appeal. It is continually exciting, these curious and strange rhythms which one discovers in a vast landscape. The juxtaposition of figures, of objects, of all these things are exciting. Add to that again the peculiarity of the particular land in which we live here, and you get a quality of strangeness that you do not find, I think, anywhere else. This is very ancient land, and its forms and its general psychology are so intriguing as compared to the other countries of the world. That in itself is surprising. <laughs> 